Hello and welcome to GIST Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. GIST stands for Getting the Shit Together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creators of all kinds. For more information on GIST, please log into our website at www.gyst-ink.com, where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email us and let us know what you would like to hear about at info at gyst-ink.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, cyber listeners. I'm Kara Tomei, your host, and thanks for tuning in today for my discussion with two artists involved in a collective called Concord. Concord is a transdisciplinary collective, also an artist-run gallery, an international residency program, and a home to a handful of artists who live in a converted warehouse space in Los Angeles. The artists involved define Concord as both an ongoing, shape-shifting art project in itself, as well as a flexible project space, and they provide platforms for critical models of art making, culture working, and community building. The group is only two years old, but has already hosted countless exhibitions, curatorial projects, performances, events, lectures, discussions, and dinners where well-known artists cook spaghetti for participants. They also have started publishing a literary journal, and their newest grand-scale project is the Converted School Bus PS1010, which we will get into. We will get into all of these fabulous projects. The current core group members are Rafael Arar, Annie Dennis, Marco Franco Di Domenico, Clifford Landon Pun, Arjuna Newman, Tracy Jean Rosenthal, Eric Schmertman, Aaron Schneider, and their current artist in residence, Siobhan Feehan. Today, my guests are going to be Marco and Eric. Hello, guys. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, you guys. So I am very excited to talk to you today, uh, only two years old, and it seems like you've been programming for many more years than that. You are one busy group of artists. I want to know, yeah, of sure. course, how yeah, how did Concord start? That's really just the starting place. How did this get off the ground and get formed? Uh, Marco, you're one of the founding members. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, I guess it, it came out of um, CalArts, um, me and Arjuna. Um, both graduated uh, from CalArts um, in '09, and we um, that's where we met each other. He was in the photography and uh, f- uh, film and video program, and I was in the creative writing critical studies program. Um, and we both he, he said he wanted to find a uh, you know move into a warehouse and do this, and so we uh, found one and we spent the time uh, converting it into a home and it really was just like a shell we moved in here we built bedrooms and a kitchen and all sorts of things um and that's how the project started i feel like um at the time i feel like i I could say we knew exactly what we were doing but um looking back maybe it was just a little more like jumping in um yeah that's how things start i love that when you just uh, you know start with an idea and then it grows and grows it must be quite exciting to be where you are at at this time because it sounds like you just came out of school needing a space to live and work and then it became a grander idea and then more people got involved so how did you think of just involving more people you needed to pay the rent so you got some more artists there 
Yeah, I mean, well, the, the idea was that we always needed, you know, four people to live here. So that was like our, you know, way of, as far as the money goes. Um, mm-hmm. But it just, it just naturally grew into getting more, more and more people involved. Um, and I think that's what, like, the group is we, we have now. Like, a lot of these people don't live here. It's, it's only, there's only five of us that live here. Um, but many of the people uh, that you just said their names of, you know, are, you know, collaborating with us. They're constantly here, or, like, um, working on all sorts of projects all the time. And there's a lot of people even that aren't regularly working with us that are part of the space in some in some, in some way or form. So it's definitely, like, what we see as a, a larger community space. And is it a is it a loose collective in terms of well are you formally a nonprofit or anything like that? Uh, we're not we don't have any formal nonprofit status as we yet. Um, uh, is that but, something but you are thinking about doing? Uh, we are thinking about doing that in the near future. Um, we just keep getting distracted. That's a whole other ball of wax. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a whole other ball of wax to actually formalize yeah. and kind of become become a nonprofit. It seems like you're making it work the way the way it is. So sometimes it's just nice to stay there, right? Well, yeah, but I always, always think we get distracted with some big projects like, you know, the one we're going to talk about today. <laughs> and so that gets all right. our energy for a while. It sure does. Well, yeah, before we get to the big project, I do want to talk a little bit about some of your past projects. Uh, you've done a lot of programming for such a young group. It's very exciting. Um, well, for instance, you just had a one-night event on June 1st called Enter Text, which you mm-hmm. described on, on your website as a living literary journal, an immersive event where the audience is activated to seek out unique encounters with text throughout the whole of Concord. That sounds fascinating. Marco is created and curated by you and uh, a fellow artist, Henry Hawk. Hawk. Correct. Yeah. Hoke, sorry, Henry mm-hmm. Hoke. Yeah. And um, how did it go? I think it went really well. Uh, that's the fourth time we've done uh event in that series. Um, and basically, you know, we always try to like, reinvent the space in some way. And invite in, uh, we had about you know 15 different writers installed throughout the space. So the writers are actually installed and not like you know standing at a podium or anything. And and we invite the guests to sort of explore. Each we use all the bedrooms. Um, so, like, each bedroom has like, a different experience for for the guests to to find. Um, in one room, someone was uh, um, laying in bed and invites someone to lay in bed with them and, re- and write stories together. Another bedroom, someone was um, had actually recorded themselves previously and would just play them while they were sitting there. Um, and we had, it seemed to uh, go really well. Uh, it was a a fun experience for our guests. It sounds fabulous. It sounds fabulous. It's a real, a real happening, activating, activating the space and using uh, the literary, using text as, as kind of a, a through line. I love it. It sounds like you're really, really breaking, you know, boundaries, very, like you called, I love the word transdisciplinary, not just multidisciplinary, mm. but transdisciplinary, even bigger That's than exactly multidisciplinary. It. I love that term. So, Eric, how did you get involved in Concord, and how long have you been been involved as an artist? Um, I have been at Concord since late October um, when I moved to Los Angeles from Baltimore. Um, I actually got involved when I was 
looking to move to Los Angeles. I was looking at Craigslist for um, like raw, unconverted warehouse spaces and happened to stumble upon Concord um, and called them and ended up having like hours of Skype meetings with them and then moving to Los Angeles, subletting a place for a little bit, meeting with them, getting involved in the meetings before actually moving in here. Um, and then oh, been you, working and then, on projects ever since. Yeah, I'm oh, one of the, the live-in residents. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, thank you for Craigslist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was better than what I was looking for. Yeah, I bet. It, I, what a wonderful uh, thing to plop in your lap, looking for uh, a warehouse space, and you got sounds like almost like a family of artists around you. Yeah, yeah. I was looking to do the same thing, but found some people that were doing it, so just got to get involved yep. and get on board. Yeah, that's great. Power, power in numbers when you're doing this thing, I think, for sure. Um, so let's talk about a few other things that you've done. For instance, the literary journal. What made you all want to start a literary journal? Marco, you're one of the editors of that. Um, I guess I, I just want to clarify, it's not exactly a literary journal solely. It's definitely more of like an art book. It, there's a lot of literature in there and a lot of sort of journalistic pieces and photos. and um, So it's, it's a, more of a transdisciplinary project, I guess. Um, right. To use that word again. Um, but I think um, I think the the idea to have a, a journal came out by um, us wanting to have an archive to sort of um, catalog what we've done so far. And we mm-hmm. realized we didn't do a very good job of that over the course of, you know, the two years you know, of starting this project sort of very quickly. And so we actually put out a, a kind of crowdsourced um, um, a history of the space. I mean, although a lot of the people who submitted to it, including some of us, have been to the space, have intimate relationships with the space, we also have got um, submissions from people in Australia and Germany and across the country who have never even seen the space. Um, so it's sort of like kind of writing a pseudo-history of, of, of the space. And, you know, it turned out to be pretty successful. Successful. We created a beautiful book and um, an interesting sort of um, way of putting our history down. I guess. Yeah, it it, it looks beautiful. Um, how many did you print? Uh, we printed uh, just more than uh, probably more than a hundred. Yeah. Are there any mm-hmm. left? I'd like to get one. <laughs> Yeah, we have a few lots, but yeah, I'm sure we can get you Good. one. I better, I better jump on that. Um, okay, I can't help but ask about your spaghetti dinner uh, event. Uh, I saw, you know, obviously, on your website, uh, you had Alan Sekula, mm-hmm. a well-known artist and uh, former CalArts professor. Uh, Alan Sekula is cooking spaghetti in your space. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit more about the concept and experience of that. Well, I mean, I Eric, think were you there? I, I'm here. I actually was not here for the spaghetti sessions, though. Oh, you weren't so there yet. Marco okay, might want to, that, that has not uh, happened gonna, since I've been here. Oh, okay. So, Marco, um, what, how did the spaghetti dinner come about? Uh, I think it kind of comes out of the same sort of um, way of thinking that comes out of our text. It's sort of like getting rid of sort of this podium, getting rid of this sort of, you know, uh, this, if they had a lecturer to stand in front of everybody and sort of tell them all the information they have and and have everyone sit and be quiet. We have the lecturers cook for everybody. And so everyone 
shows up for the lecture, expecting it to have already started maybe, and and, and um, to see Alan Takula and and, and them um, cooking and <laughs> cooking them dinner. And I think it was a a really um, interesting way of engaging with the um, engaging the audience, and as well as seeing like to be able to sit down and share a meal with someone is a very sort of intimate way of 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 getting to know somebody. And then while I have this meal, there's a lecture. Um, right. I think it was. You, yeah, I think it was very, very successful. That's event. great. I mean, you do. It it, it sounds it, and you do uh, on your website. You talk a lot as as a group. Your mission is to uh, have projects where the audience really become participants. That that there's not you know as a, a a line per se in a lot of your projects. You really want that participatory element to happen, and uh, you know, hence community building and that. What a wonderful kind of just in a way is small, not small thing, but just a, a wonderful uh, way of of doing that is add food. <laughs> food food oh, makes yeah. it a whole other a whole a whole other level. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk about your exhibition space, the space itself, uh, and how you go about choosing projects for that space. Um, Eric, have you had an exhibition in the space yet? Um, I've participated in many of them. I was behind, like, my only solo thing in the space has been a Lilliputian dinner party, which was um, tons of tiny food um, (laughs) themed along with Gulliver's Travels. Marco actually played Gulliver in it, and he got big food while everybody else ate small food. Uh, and so you then cooked I worked small on, food. Um, sorry, what? You cooked tiny things, like it, like the and 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 the tiny food was the Lilliputian food. It, it was yeah, it was to, it, be, to be eaten. <laughs> it was to be eaten. It was a full service dinner party. We had about twenty people here. Um, we had two full menus. Um, one was the Lilliputian courses, and those were all um, Afghan-inspired dishes um, cooked to basically fit on a postcard the entire meal. Um, and then there were Blefeskin, the rival island in the story, um, also inhabited by small folks. And those dishes were all Argentinian-inspired, and we set up a table in the gallery and had a full-service meal of tiny foods with Gulliver as a guest eating large food, played by Marco. <laughs> that is fantastic. It seems like food is, is you know, you have to eat while you're in the space, so you might as well make food part of your project as well. Sounds like a food is, could be listed as one of your materials at Constant Space. It certainly can. We use it a lot, and that's one of the things that sets us apart since we are a live-in space. Like, when a lot of art events happen is about when you want to be eating dinner, and when you live there, you end up cooking dinner. Then there's an art event. So you're like, why not cook for everybody? I love it. And I love it. So um, you, so you've had, had that wonderful event, show slash event in the space. And um, Marco, how do you go about programming the space? Is it for the members to utilize for their own work or projects or beyond that? Or how does that work in, in, your, in your collective for, this, for the exhibition space? Well, I do think we, we all utilize it in a number of ways. I mean, I think like the literary event I put on, is me utilizing the space, although I'm inviting 15 different writers, you know, some of them who haven't published, and to sort of 
have an opportunity to read. Um, but also we do meet people all the time who have great ideas, who send us proposals, who are friends of friends, who want to exhibit their work, and, you know, we offer this space to do that. Um, and, you know, this, I think one thing that's great about space, I mean, not 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 all artists take advantage of the fact that it's our home, like we, like they, we do often, but it's a very large space. It's a 3,000-square-foot space, and most emerging artists don't have the opportunity to... Um, to experiment with that much space, so we, we've been until you know much later in their careers, most likely. So we can offer them a large amount of space to, um, you know, let their ideas you know flourish without many um, restrictions. So you do take uh, proposals from artists out in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, that's um, good to know for our listeners. And we also have um, a, a residence. One of the rooms here is, is a residency room. So we are, we often have someone working on a project, and they have a show or have a number of events that they want while they're here. Um, so that is one way of branching out. We just we have Siobhan right now who is in connection with Good Children Gallery in New Orleans. But we have, we have recently had Dennis Rudolph from Berlin. We're actually doing a project in the desert, but you know, he's exhibited what he's doing here, so, I mean, what he's doing out there here a few times. Um, so we've definitely, we're definitely branching out constantly. That's great. And Siobhan, you mentioned the, the New Orleans connection. That also has to do with the bus project, which I think we might as well get into because it is exciting and lots to talk about. So you've got a project uh, actually in the works, it is um, happens to be a Kickstarter crowdsource funding thing as well. So I hope that by the end of the discussion, we'll have some people getting on there and, and supporting you through Kickstarter because this is an amazing idea. And I'd like you to talk about where PS1010 came. Where did the idea come from? And uh, yeah, basically, where did it come? Where did the idea to take a bus and convert it into this mobile space come from? Um, a bus, the, the idea for the bus came about because it's large and can fit us all and everything we want to have. But um, the general idea for PS1010, kind of like the the seed of the project, is we have this space concord that we've been talking about, and we use it in so many different ways. Um, we, and we wanted to take that out of the space. Like, what is concord? What is the collective? What is our mission? And how can we take that on the road and not have it completely tied and dependent on our physical space in Los Angeles? And so we thought, what better way than to put it all on a bus and experiment with it on the road with all the members of the collective on the bus, working on Concord as we see Concord elsewhere. And um, New Orleans is like our only concrete destination right now because... um, we have the show at Good Children that we've got to get to. And we're going to take the bus there and start this crazy journey. That's fantastic. So the, this old school bus will have eight beds, a mobile laboratory, a mobile lab, well, you're calling it a mobile laboratory. Um, it'll have a gallery, a classroom, a space, a, a beds, a kitchen. How are you going to fit all of that in one uh, school bus? Who's the engineer behind this? I'm probably going to be doing a lot of the building. Uh, A lot of it can be spaces that are multi-purpose. Like, we'll probably have beds that are collapsible, so kind of like 
folding bunks. Very bunk style, the the bedding. We're not gonna have lavish bedrooms. Um, and then the gallery will just have some open space. We're gonna get all the seats, other than the ones we need to sit while we're traveling um, from the bus. And even those, we might rotate so they sit flat against the wall rather than forward facing. Um, and some of the space will be outside of the bus. Like a lot of the projects we'll do. Um, it might not be very comfortable to be in a hot metal school bus in the summer, somewhere in the southeast. Right. Uh, in New Orleans, so, right? Yeah, it might be a little hot and muggy in a metal school bus. So some stuff might be happening outside or in good children. I'm not sure if it has air conditioning. Uh, but the bus is kind of the platform of departure, both, like, physically on the road and, like, when we get somewhere, it's our, like our accumulation of stuff is inside the bus, but we want to take it out of the bus and into the communities we're visiting, talk to local people practicing um, similar similar things and really make connections, get involved, and do a lot of listening to what's happening in other places so that we can learn other models of collectivity, community, art making. They're happening everywhere because we live in what we do. We would love to know what other people are doing and want to collect stories. And we hope the material we collect is going to generate um, a lot of the material for the second issue of our publication. That's smart. You're, you're, con you're, conquered, uh, you're conquered number two uh, journal. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. The, so the where are you... I'm sorry. Where are you in the process then? I, okay, so for I understand you have a Kickstarter campaign. You've made a great intro video, by the way, to the project on there, and you lay out there what the physical plans for the bus are. And you do need to raise twelve thousand dollars to convert this bus to what to your specifications. You're about halfway there on Kickstarter, so I urge people who are listening to go on Kickstarter and throw in even a few dollars, right? If every listener even threw in a few dollars, you can get there because as we know Kickstarter works, you have to get that you have to get to that goal in order to get the full money, correct? Marco, can you explain yeah, a little bit about how the Kickstarter works? Yeah, it's all or nothing. Yeah. So so if you don't get to that twelve grand, you don't get any of it. So that's kind of the pros and cons of uh, maybe a con of Kickstarter. I don't know. Um, so, you know, it's again, I'm urging people to get on there and even a few dollars would help because it's an amazing project and you will have that space forever. I mean, that sound, might sound like a lot of an output of money, but it's not when you consider you will be able to then have this space and pro I would assume you would go on multiple road trips over a uh, much amount of time. Yeah, I mean, the we do have one project in mind for this bus, but the bus will be an ongoing sort of space for us to use. Um, I mean, most, most, I'm sure we will go on other trips, but most often in LA doing, you know, visits to local schools, doing different projects with like the local community. Um, so there's all sorts of things we can do with this bus um, after our, our, which is what's obviously um, our main thing on our mind is our, our trip to New Orleans. Um, and actually, even like, you know, obviously twelve thousand dollars is twelve thousand dollars really is like a bare minimum for how much we need to get this project like, like on the road. But you know, if we if we get more money, we'll have to plan on fundraising some more. We we might be able to go to other places, um, visit other parts of the country. Um, we're trying to get too far ahead of ourselves. It's hard, 
it's hard not to get ahead of ourselves, and it's also, um, you know, we also at the same time are, are concentrating a lot on the, the fundraising aspect uh, because we just know that we can't do this if we don't get um, don't get the money through Kickstarter. So if if any listeners do throw in even a few bucks, the, the, the prizes on there are really great. I don't think I can. I think for seventy five bucks you can get a, a drive in movie here at Concord. You can drive your car in and work it. Have a drive-in. You can have a drive-in movie night here. Um, there's a lot of great prizes. For, for wait, uh, for, uh, for how much of a donation? I think it was seventy-five dollars. You could have a personal uh, drive-in it? movie night <laughs> with you and, a, you and a special somebody. It's per- really the perfect date. Um, yeah. Oh my! Know. What a key, what, a, what, a, what 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 technically what an inexpensive date for a great experience. I love it. Tell me a little bit, a few more of the prizes. Let's get people excited about it. I know. I know. One of them was good. It was a pretty cheap one. Was like us writing. I mean, I'm writing your name on the bus, or like, but writing your name on all the bathrooms we stop at along the route. <laughs> <laughs> you can have your, I mean, like some people seem really excited about that one. Like it's kind of funny to have your your name. I don't know. I can't remember. What are the other ones there? Do you remember any of them? Um, yeah, there's a, I think if you donate $5, we text you a secret from the back of the bus. Um, 25, you get like a photograph or a postcard, um, with a poem. 50, you get the postcards and some, um, like of our syllabus that we come up with along the road. Marco said the $75, you get the drive-in movie, um, you get popcorn and a soda with that movie. Um, and you get to drive into a living room and have a like full movie experience. Not something you normally get to do. Um, I think I think for a hundred bucks we'll cook you one of our delicious meals. Um, it might be spaghetti. It might be Lilliputian fare. Um, or I think you get uh, some addition to artwork. Is that is that for the hundred? Um, I think there's a few prizes like that. Um, yeah. You you really built yeah. in some great incentives. You built in some great incentives. That's fantastic. I I really hope you get to that to that uh, to your to your goal. I mean I, I hate I'm sure you will. Let's be positive. But also, what other plans for you know other ways of fundraising are you thinking of? I mean, without being a nonprofit, you can't write grants, unfortunately. So it really would be crowdsourcing and, and, you know, your supporters and other kinds of things. Any other creative ideas for fundraising for it? Um, I want to I say one thing really quick. Um, we, do, we do have a nonprofit sponsor, so we actually can write grants and are Oh, okay. Uh, That's, I'm sorry. Right. So you're, oh, okay. You we are a nonprofit sponsor. ourselves, but we have a sponsor. So we, we can look to that outlet and do. Um, we've written some grants. We haven't heard back from them yet. Um, if we get them, that'll definitely help um, with the project. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I do want to. I do want to. I'm sorry. Let's pause and just just talk. You know, let's just pause it. Pause there for a moment because I think that's a good distinction. I didn't realize when you when I asked you if you were a nonprofit, you meant not. You haven't filed your federal paperwork, but you are fiscally sponsored by another organization, which basically is an umbrella which gives you the opportunity to act like a nonprofit and behave like one and take donations as a nonprofit, but that organization serves as your umbrella to do so. That's very smart because I think that you will get some grants for this uh for this project. How could you not? It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Kickstarter are really in June competitive, 5th. especially in California. 
Oh, yes, I, this is true. Yeah. This is true. California, well, anywhere, I think, for the arts, it's always a challenge. But I think yeah. you've got a great project uh, in, in your future. The uh, Kickstarter ends June 5th, so that's soon. And then we'll be looking for other uh, things from you. I want to, um, of course, mention your website, uh, concordspace.com, where all of the information about all the fantastic projects you've done and the bus project is... Uh, of course, your and the link to Kickstarter is there. Um, when is the trip to New Orleans? What is the time frame for the project? Um, I believe our show is on the July 14th. Um, so we'd like to be there at least a week before then, and we'd like to spend at least five to days to a week on the trip. Um, it's kind of a matter of um, once we get this bus and convert it, um, together or to get that done but so we'd probably like to leave first week of july at some point um and that's soon been very, very soon. soon that's very soon that's great do you have you have a uh a bus lined up once you once you get the funds picked it out um we, we have several lined up because um, <laughs> we didn't want to put all all our hope in one basket um there's right. actually a surprising amount of school buses for sale, even on eBay. There's just buses everywhere. Um, we're probably going to buy a pretty old Bluebird bus. Oh, I love it. That'll be great. And uh, that, that'll be great. I'm just really excited about your bus project and Concord Space in general. I mean, you have accomplished so much as a, as a collective, and I really hope that people who are in Los Angeles can log on to your website, ConcordSpace.com, and come to an event and participate with you all. Um, I definitely am going to do that, and I really appreciate the two of you being on the show today. Okay, um, and uh, I just want to say before we, before we get off, uh, the end of this month, the 28th, 29th, and 30th, we'll actually be having the first event for this PS1010 project, which will be a weekend-long conference with different critical educators and so artists involved in social practice, giving workshops, giving talks, just gathering, um, and we'll be doing some of our presentations and really beginning this PS1010 project here in Los Angeles. We probably won't have the physical bus done by then, but everybody's encouraged to come participate in a weekend of workshops for this project. Sounds great. I will definitely be there. Thank you, Eric and Marco, for being on my show. I love Concord Space, and good luck with your bus project. What I would love to do as well is have you on after the project is concluded, and you can tell us all about how it went. Does that sound good? That sounds amazing. Great. Okay, thank you for being my guest, and thank you. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Just Radio. Just Inc. is a organization that has resources, free information on our website, justinc.com. That's G-Y-S-T-Inc.com. We have hundreds of pages of information and resources on a myriad of subjects to help you fine-tune your careers and do things even like Concord Space is doing. We have an artist manual, a manual for teaching professional practices, and our incredible software program for helping you get organized and get your shit together. I'm signing off for Just Radio. Kara Tomei, join me again next week. Bye-bye.